It's time for Conversations with the Archbishop with your host, Colonel Jack Staples and Archbishop Daniel of the Oxford Anglican Church. Appreciate you taking time to listen to us. I This is Colonel Jack Staples. I've recently had the honor and privilege of having a conversation with Archbishop Daniel of the Oxford Anglican Church right here in our studios. And we recorded that, and we want to release that conversation uh, mostly in a question-answer format. But I find it very interesting, some of the things that he told us about his personal life and background and history and how he came to the Catholic faith and how he had to be tricked. You're going to love this story. It was very great having him here. Uh, It was a great honor. And the interview was very informative, and we're sure there's going to be more coming. So without uh, any further ado, here is our conversation with the Archbishop. Archbishop Daniel, who I shall refer to as Rusty from now on. Hello. Thank you for... uh, taking time to sit down with us and just have a few questions that I'd like to ask you. And the first one is, what is your earliest memory of the Christian faith? Um, those little, or they weren't really little, they were hardback blue books at the dentist office that told Bible stories for kids. And they always had the really cheesy paintings on the front of them that illustrated some kind of Bible scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do know what you're talking about. I find that to be a very interesting question. What kind of effect did, did those books have on you as a child? Well, I'm assuming you weren't an adult when you saw these. <laughs> no, I was, I was like six years old, and uh, I think I drew in them and got in a lot of trouble. So my, really, my first memories of the faith were probably me getting in trouble. So kind of negative. Well, I wouldn't say negative. I mean, it was, it was a learning experience. Okay. All right. So... From from the kid that doesn't know anything about Christianity except for the blue books at the dentist office, which yeah. you know is already associated with pain since it's at the dentist office. Right. What led you to want to learn more about Christianity? Oh, that's a that's that's a long question or a long answer. Um, we understand you're an archbishop. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, my mother. Uh, single mom was very, 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 uh, she, she was looking for, uh, answers in the church. And so we went to many different, uh, faiths, but they were all Christian, but they were all like the most right wing Protestant you could be. I'm talking like, instead of going to a church of God church, we went to like church of God of prophecy on a mountain where they were like two steps removed from handling snakes. And, the but the, the one, the one pattern I would see in all these different denominations and non-denominational churches is that, if you if you made the wrong move, you were going straight to hell. And I never, uh, I, I could never reconcile the fact that we had this loving God who wants nothing more than to uh, love us and be loved in return, who was so quick to send us to hell. And so uh, I wound up finding my own answers by visiting churches that weren't in that stream of you're going to hell, and uh, which eventually led me to seminary. That's that's quite a jump there. What? So from non-denominational churches that you felt was fairly judgmental, and instead of offering grace, offering judgment. Uh, 
it's not so much that I necessarily believe they were judgmental churches. I just think that they preferred the tactic turn or burn versus Jesus loves. And so it was a lot easier to scare people into faith than it was to be a vessel for Christ's love, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in this, as you're, as you're trying to learn more about Christianity f- that you had learned about from these blue books, and you're hearing turn or burn, they're trying to scare the devil out of you. What made you end up in seminary? What, wh- when did you first hear God's call? Um, I, I think that I probably heard it when I was younger, but I didn't, I didn't really grasp it because I, I went through a really hard time f- with faith and spirituality during what I call the turn and burn years because I never, uh, the, the tactic was to get you to come to God through fear is what it felt like. But instead, what it did to me, I, I think it had the opposite effect. It convinced me that no matter what I did, it was never going to be good enough, and so I was going to go to hell. So I just decided to do what I wanted to do, which got me into some trouble in my teenage years. And uh, at one point, I, I had no interest in a church and didn't want to go, and I was, I was tricked into going to church uh, by my friend Michael. And uh, from there, uh, I found a church whose clergy uh, – preached about love and they preached about uh forgiveness and then when they weren't preaching they were out you know in the community helping people they weren't just uh asking for money you know and uh screaming at you they they were actually out feeding the homeless and uh and all other kinds of ministries and it painted the idea of being clergy in a different light and i think from there i started to uh I started to consider it, mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple years later, the call was just so loud that I had to go to seminary. Like there was just no, uh, there was no way out. Right. I I I want to pursue more about seminary uh, here during the conversation, but the first thing I want to ask you about is how did trickle uh, trickle? How did Michael trick you? Okay, let me let me. I guess let me paint a backdrop for you. I was 19 years old and uh, didn't have a penny to my name. I was working for minimum wage at Toys R Us building bicycles. And at this point, I, I hate God. I don't hate God. I just hate the church. That's, that's, that's more uh, a realistic answer. Uh, I was kind of bitter. And my friend Michael, uh, there were five of us living in a house, and we were all in a band. And Michael was the only one of us that was religious. And he went to this church called St. Michael's in Chattanooga. And uh, he loved it, and he always tried to uh, he always tried to uh, to get us to come out. And of course, all of us would say no because we like to drink and smoke and have parties, and not uh, wake up at ten o'clock in the morning to go to church. And I remember it was a Sunday night, and my car broke down, and my friend Michael said, "Hey, do you want to go get pizza? I'm buying." And when you're 19 years old and you work minimum wage uh free pizza is the best uh it's the best offer you can get and so he drives because my car's broken down and we pull into the parking lot of st michael's and i said what's going on he said oh we always go to pizza after the youth group and so i got tricked into going to this youth group when i was 19 
and uh, from there it just kind of stuck. Nice. Uh, for for any of those who are just walking into a room where someone's listening to this podcast, just going to let you know that we are having a conversation with His Eminence, Archbishop Daniel of the... Tell us about your church. Just briefly. The Oxford Anglican Church. is uh, It's a church that's been around for about a year, and it's the combination of two different denominations, one Anglican, one Catholic. And we basically use the Book of Common Prayer for all of our services. But we approach the Mass from uh, a more Catholic liturgy, uh, is the quick way to sum it up. Okay. And by more Catholic, you mean? Uh, high church, more. We have, we, have the, we have all the vestments. We, do the, uh, we, pay, we pay serious attention to the, the movements and the motions. And uh, our style of dress is more Roman Catholic than it is Anglican. Okay, okay. Now, we were talking earlier, and you, you talked about the turn and burn years, uh, how your early experience with church was those trying to, as I put it, scare the devil out of you. Exactly. Uh, but you felt the need for more of a love of Christ to be brought. How do you feel like your church now does in that, in that framework? My church is probably if you if you walked in with no frame of reference, I probably have the strangest church you'll ever see. Um, the mix of people and attitudes at the church is something I didn't think was possible. And a lot of people joke and call it the mutant church because pretty much everyone that goes to our church has a rejection story about how they were rejected by another church. And. Uh, Yet in our church, they're they're all thriving. In fact, most of them have uh, are in seminary or serving God in one way or another in an active ministry, and that's something that they weren't allowed to do with their other churches. Uh, why a church would discourage you from doing a ministry uh, is something I don't understand. But uh, I uh, I absolutely encourage it. I think everyone should be working in some fashion, you know, devoting their talents that are God-given to the service of God. And our church really does that. Uh, we have a lot of clergy. But uh, I think in the, in the coming years, they're going to go out and uh, change the hearts and minds of other cities and towns along the way. Why you, you refer to yourself as Catholic um, style? Why, why, why Catholic? Why liturgical? Why not uh, Protestant? For me, um, uh, my life is pretty hectic. Uh, even before I was an archbishop, it was hectic. And it can be really, really disorganized at times. And there's something attractive to me personally about worshiping God in an orderly fashion. You know, putting your best foot forward. Um, but more so on a spiritual level for that answer, I would have to say that when I was in those Protestant churches, um, I always felt like something was missing. Like there was more to the puzzle and worshiping liturgically for me and taking the mat, you know, taking communion every Sunday, uh, those were the missing pieces that made the whole picture of worship, not faith, but worship, uh, complete for me. 
Okay. Well, we certainly appreciate uh, your time uh, in answering these questions. We we actually have several more questions I'd like to ask you, and if, with your permission, I'd like to invite you back to uh, talk to us again for more conversation. Some of the things that I'm interested in learning more about you is a little bit more about your personal life uh, without, you know, getting too... Too personal for a public right. format. And uh, also, uh, you know, future plans for the church and for your personal ministry. So uh, if if you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to come back sometime. Yeah, I would love to come back. Excellent. Thank you very much. We've been having a conversation with Archbishop Daniel of the Oxford Anglican Church. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Conversations with the Archbishop with your host, Colonel Jack Staples, and His Eminence Archbishop Daniel of the Oxford Anglican Church. This has been another production of Goswell Productions, recorded live at the Upper Room Studios in East Ridge, Tennessee. My name is Father Scott. May God go before you to guide you, above you to watch over you, behind you to protect you, and beside you to be your friend. Thank you.